All right, so we're talking about wine. Try to understand wine. First, we're going to bring a bunch of sources that hopefully will flush out some of the unusual uh, spiritual characteristics of wine. And then we will try to discussing um, what that really means, seeing that in the wine itself, many different ways, and then ultimately trying to connect it into specifically the story of Purim and the Avoda of Purim. Okay? So, of course, we know that Noah, who is described in Ish Ha'adama, man of the land, profaned himself. What does it mean to profane? Asha, what does it mean to profane? Um, to move away from Asha. Okay. This is a little bit too spiritual for, for me. Um, to lose, in other words, to lose one's Kiddusha. Right? From a language of Chol, right? The the, the, the Hebrew Pasuk reads Vayochel Noach Ishadama. Vayochel means from the language of Hulun, Chol, profane. Okay? Profane is to empty out, to make a halal. Halal is an empty space. Easier. Just so I don't start tilting like this and that Michael shouldn't feel bad. Can we get a volunteer to go on the other side over there? Incredible. Okay. So, so, we're talking, so, so profaning Vayachel comes from the language of Hulun or Halal. Halal means an empty space. So Hulun is something that has been emptied out, that has been made empty. What has it been made empty of? The ideas? Like a Halil, right? Would be a flute. Same yeah. thing. Empty. empty and empty of, what? of Kedusha. Exactly. Okay, of Kedusha. So empty it out of Kedusha. And how did Noah do that? How did he profane himself? I mean, that's quite a quite a language. The person has in him a Kedusha. Noah had Kedusha in him, holiness. And he profaned the Kedusha. He emptied it out by what he did with the vineyard, drinking the, drinking the wine, Vayishkar, he got drunk, and he exposed himself, or a language of Gilui, or a language of Golos, all languages of external, Squeeze a drop. Some more here. Okay, great. So, to make um, 
there's, there's a super apartment that no parking is on, so it just would form a Thank you. Um, so it's a language of gilui to, like a gilui arias, to expose a something that's private. Again, hearing that there is something inner, something special, something inside, and Noah went and exposed that physically. We means he was lying with his private parts exposed, and it, and, and that, uh, of course, is the physical manifestation of profaning, where you take a kiddush in the inside and you empty it out, and now you have an, a void inside. And that all happened through the vehicle of getting drunk, of planting a vineyard, drinking the wine, getting drunk with it. <clears throat> planting the vineyard itself was an act of profanity? Indeed. Look at this. Look at the Pasuk. Vayachel Noah ish Noah profaned himself, man of the land. Come back to the man of the land statement later. By doing what? Vayat Karam. By planting a vineyard. That it hasn't even mentioned yet. Him drinking anything or getting drunk. The next Pasuk says, Vayesh Minayayin, he drank from the wine. Vayishkar, and he got drunk. And he was exposed himself inside of his tent. So you see that already... In the in the planting itself, okay, as if this wasn't enough for us to understand the power of wine. You're talking about, I mean, kind is a different story. Kind is a uh, kind murdered out of anger. Here you're talking about Noah. He was in his generation, which was not a very high generation, but in his generation, he was the most righteous person. And he profanes of he lost that kedusha that he had through this process. That's, that sounds pretty scary. Sounds like it's something that we have to take seriously. If that's not enough, we look at Rashi. And Rashi tells us. Oh, Gotta give, <coughs> gotta give Bruce a chance over here. Do we have another one? Don't stop, don't stop. Okay, one, two, three, four, six. So we have two copies. Okay. Print the six. Okay. Um, so, so, okay, Bruce. Yeah, the Weasel is when you do it orally. Okay, the Pasek says. Uh, he exposed himself in his tent. Bruce and I learned Gerari in the mornings. Okay? But it's written Ohala. The, the O, the, which we'd expect to be a Vav, is missing. So there's a creek sieve. I mean, if you just read the letters that are written, you'll see that it just says Ohala. And the vowels tell us to read oh hello in his tent there's a hey at the end there with the, that doesn't belong okay so that's what Rashi finds difficult so Rashi comes and resolves it by saying 
Ohalaksiv, it's written Ohala to allude to the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel, which were called in the prophecies, the the, the Navi tried to bring back the uh, people in repentance. He told them a whole story about about uh, a harlot whose name was Ahala. Pasuk and Amos. No, Pasuk, uh, no. To check where it is, but uh, so this name Ahala alludes to, nor- to the northern kingdom of Israel, the ten tribes. So it's written this way, even though it's meant to, in Pshat, it's talking about Ahala in his tent, but it's written Ahala to allude to the ten tribes. Why? Because they were exiled from the land of Israel and most of them lost forever because of their involvement with wine. Like the Pesach says in Amos, Hashotim b'mazreke yain. They would drink in these uh, goblets or maybe shot glasses of wine, whatever you want to call it, but because of their involvement with wine is why they were exiled. Again, exile is the same root as what? To reveal. Exactly. Vayizgal, right? So just like in the Pshat, Noah is exposing his private parts in the tent, so too in the Drush, the tent, the ten northern tribes are exposed, are revealed, are taken out from the inner privacy and intimacy of the land of Israel, taken out of the land of Israel. So this is really scary stuff. Zeraka Yain can't be translated as like fountains of wine, like of an abundance? Sure. However you go. Okay. So, on the other hand, we know The, the, in the beginning of, of the Gemara Ketzim of Archim, six parak of Brachas, the Gemara Darshans, Pasuk and Shoftim, Pasuk and Shoftim has this, um, what is it called when, when one attributes speech to inanimate objects? Like the tree talking to another tree. Anthropomorphism? I feel like there's more than another term. Maybe. Okay. Animation. What? Animation. Okay. Let, let's. So the the any one of those uh, will suffice. So the trees, all the, the analogies said over there, all the trees came to the vine, and they asked the vine, the grapevine, if it would become a king over them, and the grapevine answered, "Should I leave over? Should I leave behind? Should I stop doing making my?" My uh, my grapes uh, to go to go and become a, a king over you, and there the language is Estiroshi. My grapes, Hamisameach Elokim Vanashim. That rejoices God and man. It's called personification. Thank you, personification. Yes.
Okay, there you are. Uh, so, should I leave over, says the grapevine, personification, the grapevine speaks. and says, should I leave over my, my, my uh, grapes that give joy to man and God and go and become king over you? So the Gemara says, what is the, we can understand joy to man, man drink, they have a joy from, what is the joy to, what is the joy to God that's brought from it? So it says, At the time that the Jewish people pour wine libations on the altar, there's an obligation to sing shiros. That's the time that the Levim have to be singing songs to Hashem. And that's, that's the joy to Hashem. So an incredible description. We don't have such a word by by carbonus, by all the, I mean, we have a reach nichovach, a pleasant fragrance. When it comes to carbonus, it says a pleasant fragrance, but here, to, to bring joy, to bring simcha to Hashem, is such a description, is incredible. And it represents singing, so the singing of the songs when pouring the wine libations. So that's a, seems to be very um, bipolar, right? On the one hand, talking about causing the downfall of Noah, Ish Tzadik, Hayabidorosov, and he went profane himself, lost all of his Kedusha that he had. Talking about the ten tribes of Israel being exiled, losing their connection to Eretz HaKedusha, to the Holy Land, because of wine. And on the other hand, we're seeing perhaps the highest level in, in, in Avodos Hashem of bringing Simcha to Hashem with the songs that accompany the wine libations, meaning specifically the wine has to be accompanied by song because wine represents joy of Hashem as opposed to other kabbalas. Do we know if this was like the first time he had wine or did he drink before the flood? No. Does it matter? Um... I'm, I'm not aware. What's the question? Whether Noah had had drunk wine in the past. I'd imagine so. I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, he clearly he brought he brought a uh, he brought a uh, um, what is it called? A cutting. A, cu- a cutting of a of a of a vineyard with him. Of, 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 a, of a vine, right? He brought a cutting of a vine because it says uh, vayat is, uh, is, is when you put, put a already pre existing uh, plant, as opposed to Zera, maybe, maybe Labdavka, but I, I believe Hazal even said that he had, he had with him a uh, didn't he have a piece of? Didn't he have a lot of? No, but a, uh, a, a, a that he had a. a what did you call it? It's a cutting. A cutting. A, a piece. A, pe- a branch. A branch of a of a vine. A cutting, as opposed to just anyway, uh, seemingly he, he. We have no reason to believe he hasn't drunk in the past, but he, certainly he, he had certainly here was different. Soil on the table, he might have had. How do you get grapes so fast and make it into wine? Hmm. That perhaps is another way to answer. Maybe it wasn't so fast. Maybe back then things worked differently. Okay. Um, it's a ton, right? What, like the animals? 
Story of the Satan and like the different animals, with the four stages of being drunk that he comes and turns uh, into. Okay, okay, okay. We'll just we we'll just keep it the Poshup Shad. Poshup Shad is enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Now, so we have this counterbalancing now of the great power of wine. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, and that's Ayin Amudal, presents a tremendous repeated dichotomy in wine. The POSIX calls it Sirosh. Sirosh means um, the wine harvest. I'm not sure how to say it. We say it in the, in the Krishna. Right? It's a harvest Right? So the, the, the olive oil harvest and the, and the grape harvest. Right? So Sirosh. On the other hand, it's written. Tirash, missing above. So if you read it as it's written, if you don't read that vav that's not there, just see it, you read it how it is, then it means impoverishment. So says the Gemara, if a person merits, then he gets a rosh, tirosh, gets a head, develops a head, develops a mind. Mind, of course, is the place of kiddush, of holiness. But if he doesn't merit, then he becomes a rash, an impoverished person. Now you could understand it to be impoverished in the wallet, or if we want to make it the opposite of what happens if you are Zoha, if you are Zoha, you get a rosh, you get a head, and if you're not a Zoha, you become impoverished, it means impoverished intellectually <coughs> just like we see with Noah profane a loss of your internality of your thoughts of your kedusha talking about as a reaction to wine these two things can happen with wine right depends on if you merit or if you don't merit of course we'll have to discuss how does one merit but first we're just seeing now, although we, until now we've been showing sources, some sources seem to say very bad things about wine, some sources saying extraordinarily good things about wine, and now we're actually seeing that the same word in the Torah, talking about wine, can be read in two ways, and Chazal understand one meaning really good, one meaning really bad, and Chazal understand that it depends on you. Depends on what you do with it. Another example, the same Gemara. Sirosh. You have an English uh, printout. So we're looking right now in the Gemara Sanhedrin. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, Bruce. Sorry, I, um, can you get a. In the printer in my office, there's two printouts, one for you over here. You want to get it? In my office. Thank you. Which part is it that translates in those two different do you see? Do you see the Gemara Sanhedrin on your sheet? Talmud, Tractate Sanhedrin. Okay, so at the end of the first line, Tirash. Okay. 
Okay. So uh, another very similar drasha again. The pasuk says the wine rejoices a person. Yismach levav enosh rejoices a person's heart. But the letter sin could be, of course, read as a letter shin. If you don't know how to, you know, where that dot is above the letter. Right, so you could read it as Yishama, which means to destroy or desolate. So if a person merits, he'll be he'll be joyous. Yismith. If he doesn't merit, then he'll be made desolate or destroyed by wine. By the way, you know, we, we see this very much, you know. I mean there's a reason why in America they they abolished they abolished uh, alcohol drinking right it's it's uh, so destructive so I mean in, in the end you can't uh, impose something on the people that they're not willing to accept but uh, but it, it's uh, it's quite it, it acted quite as a destructive force on the other hand people that attend a Teresami so the shlishes, no, there's some lachaims that are had, right? That's uh, that's misameach. Okay, so we have to understand, and that's what Rava said. This what we just explained. That's what Rava said. Wine with spices made me clever. Hamra verichni pikhin. Hamra. Like you've heard of Khmar Medina? Khmar Medina means the wine of the city. Which is very strange. What do you mean? This is what it says. We just said it makes a person happy. Simcha. Right? So how does Rava say, oh, and, they, and that's what Rava said, it made me, made me very clever, made, very, made, made, made me very smart. <coughs> it might work in conjunction, the interesting Gemara, Gemara in the, the second paragraph of Masachar Shabbos, says that when Rava would open up a shear uh, of learning a, a lecture, in, in, in Torah, he would open with a milsa dubdihusa. First, open with a joke and would laugh a little bit, and then he would get extremely serious and start teaching as if he were at Harsinai, hearing the lightning and the thunder. But there was an aspect of, of joy and happiness. So, there's a connection between simcha and intelligence, the siroj giving you a head. Versus the opposite would be, of course, becoming intellectually impoverished, becoming destroyed, becoming depressed. That's uh, wine can do that. Both of those things, which is very strange, right? It does both of these opposites? Okay. I, um, 
Gemara in Eruvin says, Call Hamisyashev Biyeno, someone who can handle his wine, Yesh Bodas Shivim Zekeno. He has the knowledge of the 70 elders. I mean, the Sanhedrin. How do we see that? Because Yain, wine, has the numerical value of 70. Yud, Yud, Nun, Yud is 10, Yud is 10, Nun is 50, that's 70. And, of course, the members of Sanhedrin are 70. Additionally, secret is numerical value 70. So, Samach is 60, Vav is 6, Dal is 4, that's 70. And wine is 70. So we see, Nichnas Yain, Yotzi Sod. The wine goes in, the secret comes out. People start blabbing their mouth and spilling all their inner secrets, which seems to be a contradiction. A wise person, like we know, Mishnah Perkyava says, A way to protect your wisdom is to stay quiet. Keep it, keep it inside. Not spill everything out, right? Like Noah did, just revealing all your private thoughts to the outside. So we have this dichotomy again. Okay, so there are more sources. Maybe maybe next time we'll bring some more sources. But what are we making of it? Anybody? Uh, what are we hearing over here? So we have a dichotomy. We have wine seemingly to do the doing the opposite. On the one hand, it gives a person joy and. Uh, connection to Hashem on the other hand it can on the contrary spill out any Kedusha that he has leave him profane, leave him empty leave him desolate leave him intellectually impoverished spiritually impoverished like uh, you know a pig wallowing in the, in the mud right or it can make you like the 70 elders of the Sanhedrin. So, there's a... Uh, there's a great difficulty in Yiddishkeit that we are entrusted with, that we take on, that in Buddhism or Christianity uh, they, they know that they can't do that so they just avoid it which is can a person be connected upstairs be connected high up and be involved in this world at the same time or not can a person bring all that down have the high connection and yet be able to connect down here or not. So just to go 
climb onto a mountain, meditate, okay, then you could have that. But there's not going to be a simcha. Simcha is when there's a connection, right, the wine's being poured, there's a connection from up high to down low, coming down connecting. So, when you're trying to connect something really high, all the way down low, if you succeed, it's an incredible thing. Gemara says you have Das of the Shivim Zikainim. Das means, Michael, what does Das mean? What does knowledge mean? Between? Das, like the Apostle like the says, Vayeda Adam as Chava. Adam knew Chava, it means connection. Das means connection. It means to be, you could have Chochmah and Bina, you can have wisdom and understanding, you could be a, excuse me for this one, a philosopher. Okay? But uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're applied, that you're integrated, that you're living with it. Right? So the greatness of the Sanhedrin, of the Shivim Zikainim, is in their Das. They know how to take all that wisdom and understanding and bring it down and apply it, connect it to this world. Right? And someone that has the das, the Shivim Zikainim, is able to take all that and bring it down to connect. So, okay, let's, uh, let's discuss inside of the wine, we'll take a look at the wine, that's on the second page of your printouts, uh, we'll discuss seeing some of this, some of this uh, in the wine, hopefully we'll find some incredible hints to, to these uh, spiritual characteristics of wine. In look, looking at how it grows, how it's produced, how it's consumed, and how it's digested. So, it, so the wine grows in a kerem, in Hebrew, a kerem. Gemara Shabbos clearly says kerem is from a language of gathering, to bring things together. Okay? You're trying to connect all sorts of this clear part. That's what a carom does, a vineyard. Okay? The body of the tree is a vine, which uh, Navi describes as being something that has no value in itself. You can't use a vine for firewood. It just has no... Um, it, it has no real wood to it. It's, it's just garbage. The vine, right? Which is a very interesting thing. You have this tree that makes the most precious fruit, and yet the tree itself is absolute garbage. In fact, it's such garbage, it can't even stand up. It's a vine. Other trees have beautiful, tall, straight trunks, strong wood, hardwood, whatever it is, expensive, nice wood, 
right? And the vine is just this junk. What is the what is the concept of that? What is the meaning of that? Well, the answer is, of course, a tree. It's like uh, we came to America, didn't have much money. As my parents, whatever money they were making, you know, the clothes we would wear were simple clothes. The car we would drive never even occurred to buy a new car. It was like, of course you're buying a used car. You gotta figure out what car is gonna be the most functional or whatever, right? And money was being saved. Okay, we gotta buy a house in the suburbs, get the kids into a good school. Meantime, right, it's all towards the future, the money, right? Meantime, other people, living not too far away from over here, right? So the moment they started getting some money, what do they do? Take out a lease on a, Cadillac, right? Well, the Cadillac is a nice car. It's, it's, it's worth the money, right? But the point is, so trees also, some tree, all trees get certain amount of nutrition from the ground, right? Some trees they take ninety percent of it and they spend it on a nice, fancy, strong, tall trunk, a thousand dollar Versace suit, right? Ferragamo shoes, whatever else, right? In the meantime, there's nothing in the bank account, there's nothing for the kids, and the, whatever else, right? The vine keeps the bare minimum for itself. The wood is such junk, it can't even stand up, it's lying on the ground. But it makes the most precious fruits. That's a now. What is the symbolism of that? So we gave an analogy of don't live in the now. Don't spend money on the now. Save it for the future. Invest into your children. Invest into right in their in their future, etc. But the truth is, it also on even a bigger scale. If we take another step back. Really, what we're saying is that physicality should be a really just a expression, a vehicle for expressing something something deeper, right? The, 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 the fruit of the vine comes from inside the vine, right? The tree is the tree, but then every once in a while it brings something forth from inside of itself. That's the fruit. So the question is, are you a tree or are you a fruit producer? Are you living for yourself or are you living to bring forth something from inside of yourself, something internal. <laughs> Out. And the incredible thing, now the truth is there are, other, there are other vines out there. I believe the kiwi is a vine, isn't it? Have you, you've never eaten a kiwi before? What? What? New Zealand. New Zealand what? That's where they grow. Yeah. But is it a vine? What? I think the very least. Passion fruits on the vine too, I think. Most fruit trees are not, they're all skinny trees. They don't have a lot of... That's right. I mean, if, if you... Yeah, yeah. I mean, to say... Right. I was just saying that we can even see like a progression, right? Like you've got like all the big, tall, fancy trees. <laughs> they're busy spending all their money. They're literally like... Oh, we can't afford to have kids. We gotta like, <laughs> we 
who can afford to have children these days, right? You gotta have plastic surgery and you know, whatever else. No, you get does somebody have a phone out? Yeah, tell me if a kiwi is a vine. It is a vine. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, so again, so we have a progression. The, the trees don't even make, make any fruit. Then we have the fruit trees tend to be smaller trees because they have to invest all their energies into making fruit. And then you have the vine that literally takes nothing but a piece of garbage lying on the floor making the most precious fruits. Okay. Well, what about the kiwi? Kasha kiwi. So yes, it doesn't stop there by the by the vine. The grape, the fruit, the grape. What is the whole function of the grape? Is the only fruit that if you squeeze it, you what bracha do you make on the on the, on the juice? You make a borei You make the fruit of the vine. Any other juice? What you make? A shahakal. Why? Because the fruit is called the zeya of the fruit. It's called like the sweat of the fruit. I mean, the fruit primarily is the body. And if you squeeze it, it'll sweat a little bit. It'll sweat. It'll some of its water will come out. But with the with the grape, the ikar fruit, the real fruit of the grape is the juice inside. Okay. So which means we see again. <coughs> Really, the externality just serving the internality. Just like the vine is there only to make the fruit, the fruit is there only to bring out from inside of itself the wine. So we have a double expression of spirituality. Only for spirituality, only for spiritual, only for the inner, the spirituality, I mean, in the physical, obviously a physical entity, but a physical entity has its externality and internality. Internality, spirituality, synonymous. Internality. So, perhaps these are alluded to in the name Yain. Yain is spelled again how? Sneer? Yud, Yud, Nun. Yud is a little tiny letter always represents spirituality. In fact, some letters have a yud inside of them. Like a, like a hey is a dad with a little yud inside of it. Yud can be inside of something else. So small, it's a point. So yud, internality, yud, internality. And nun always means carrying something out all the way, doing the thing without stop, all the way. So, for example, uh, someone who a lie is a sheker. Someone does it all the time with a shakran. Yeah, or uh, gazel is to steal. Someone does it all the time as a gazlan. So if you put a nun at the end of a word, makes it all the time, doing it all the time. This is what you do professionally. Yeah? So that's what the vine does. Bring out the yud, bring out the yud all the time. That's all it does. Okay. Um, Fascinatingly, the Chazal point out, Midrash compares the Jewish people to the grapevine. They're just like the grapevine does not accept a graft. Other trees can accept a graft. How does a graft work? You know, let's say you have an apple tree. So you make a hole in the trunk of the apple tree, make drill a hole, take a branch from a, whatever it is, a pear tree, stick it in to that hole, it heals, 
and the apple tree now is bringing up all those nutrients, just like it's bringing it to all the branches, bring it up into the uh, pear branch. So you're making uh, pears, the apple tree will make you pears. It's a graft. Yeah? The grapevine doesn't accept grafts. It says the Jewish people don't accept foreign gods, uh, foreign uh, influence. Stay, stay, stay true to the source, to the, to who, I mean, the grapevine will only produce grapes. Kalayim, as far as planting something next to the grapevine, well, that's, that's a, well, pla- sorry, uh, grafting a thing? How do they create new fruits? Like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, right. So, um, there I think maybe there's a like cross pollination more, meaning like you. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. That's a good question. But but grafting, where you take a branch from one and put it on there, that you can't do. Okay. So it means it's totally loyal to expressing its message. It's all dedicated to expressing that one thing. And incredibly, perhaps because of all this, like Senior said, we make a bracha borei pre hagafen. Now, gafen means what? Vine. The fruit of the vine. No other fruit is identified. First of all, all the fruits have generic brachas. Only other exception is bread, which has a specific motzi lechem in arts. There we mention the name of the thing, lechem. But even by lechem, there's no mention of the source where it comes from. The only place where, you, where we identify where it came from is with the vine, which is incredible. The vine is the most selfless, the most giving, the one that doesn't keep anything for itself, gives everything to the grapes. It itself is the least glamorous. And it's the one that gets its name mentioned in the brach. Wait, but the kiwi, you would make get them. You just make a bird pre Right. So generic, just a hey, it's. Even though it is, even though it's a vine. Right, right. So that's what we said that, that the grapevine has this double, has the double, has the double level of uh, of giving, giving for the sake of giving, right? So for the grandkids, right? Not for the children, but for the grandchildren, right? But, uh, I mean, to your point, you also say bread prayers on grape. You just say grape. Very good, correct, yeah. That's, thank you. I mean, to say, until, if it stays as a grape, you don't yet see the greatness of the vine. Because it only brought out some, brought out a fruit, very selflessly, very nice, good. But it's only when you squeeze the grape and the grape produces grape juice or wine, now you're like, wow, this wine is inc- this vine is incredible. It was so selfless. They managed to make not good children, but good, good grandchildren. It's, it's interesting because it's a liquid when you say pre. That's right. Because this is the Iker pre. This is the pre. This is the pre. It's interesting because you don't, like, with wine, like, go to Tarot, Tarot, or like, brew. The what? Terra, the T E R I O R. Terra, the ground. Terra, the ground, like where a room is, taste makes an effect in the wine. Right. But 
but you don't, if you took a grape from one vine and a grape from another uh, area, it tastes the same. Does it? But once you make it a wine, you taste the differences between the two. Mm -hmm. Do you know that for a fact? Yeah. yeah. Kind of, oh, so they're just growing in Chile, yeah, more acidic because they're more volcanic soil. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I know for a fact that the wines taste differently. You can't tell it. But if you were to have two, two of those grapes. I don't think it would tell that. Uh -huh. Okay. That would be very interesting. If, if we can confirm that, that would, be, that, would be a nice, that would be a nice thing. So, I want to say that over here we see a principle that we're familiar with elsewhere. The Gemara says that the, the, the Torah is called Torah's Moshe. Why? Because Moshe is the most humble of all people on the face of the earth. And he's the one that says, what, me? How can I have the Torah, right? Who am I? And specifically, because you said that, it's going to be called Torah's Moshe. It's going to be called your Torah. I mean, that level of humility makes it that I can call it yours. Because I'm not afraid you're going to hijack it. Which actually ties into Megillus Esther. Because I'll say that once, we, once Hashem saw that Esther, Malka, was attributed saving the king to Mordechai with the plot of the uh, of the Sarasim. So that she was, okay, I could, I could save the Jewish people through her. Why? Because otherwise, if Hashem saves the Jewish people through someone like, let's say, Arik Sharon, right? So what's going to happen? He's going to say, oh yeah, I'm the, I'm the great hero of the Yom Kippur War. Right? I saved the Jewish people. Once Hashem sees that Esther is humble, she's gonna, she gives credit to Mordechai, right? Then Hashem is willing to bring the Gula to her. Right? So, so the, the point is, Hashem is gonna, willing to call Torah's Moshe, the Torah of Moshe. Why? Because Moshe says, for me, Biladai. I, I can't. I can't. I'm not someone that can contain the Torah, the Torah is way beyond me. Okay, I got, I got called Torah's motion. So to the vine, the vine is all for the sake of the production of the, of the, of, of the grapes, of the wine, so then we, we, we call it Briagaf. Okay, so the point is this connection all the way up, from all the way down to all the way up, and the need to keep that Bikidusha, to keep it holy, to keep it preserved, which we're going to see much more of that coming up. Okay. Um, next, the grape itself grows in a concord. And you'll know what a concord is? That's right. Like a, like a concord is a term that could be used um, for a group of people that would rule, let's say, a, a country, right? You could have a concord, right? Uh, I think for a while Rome was let, was ruled by a concord, right? A concord is a cluster of things. Is that Eshkol? that's right. And that brings all the pieces together. So Eshkol, right? Says the Gemara, where does Eshkol come from? Chaf. So it has a, it, it's kol, everything. It brings... It brings everything together. Eshkol is ish shekol bo. A person that has everything in it, says the Gemara. 
The Gibor insult of Dav Mem Zayin Amud Beis says, "My Eshkolos, what are Eshkolos that are used to the sky people over there?" It's a, it's a, so Shmuel says, "Ish Shehakol Bo, the person has everything in him, able to bring together." All the different things and connect everything, bring everything together into one. Talking about that, I guess. That's right. Talking about that. Very good. It's new. You can come back next week. The rest of you guys, um, still not too late. There's another six months. Okay. Um, also, of course, in the word Eshkol, which is written Aleph, Chaf. Shin Chav Lamed Aleph Shin Chav Lamed We have the letters of Seichel Shin Sin No Shin Sin Yeah Shin Sin So Aleph Shin Chav Lamed Is Seichel Yeah Intellect Being able to put all these pieces together Bring everything together Unite everything Okay, what, now we look at the structure of a concord, of a, of a cluster. So a cluster has a central stem that brings together all these pieces. If you think about it, a grape is smaller than an olive. Olive is the bare minimum size of something that's called an achila. So I mean, the grape by itself is not an achila. Not even a chila. You wouldn't make a brocha chrona on a grape. You eat a single grape, you don't make a brocha chrona. Too small. They're berries. They're small. Right? And yet, the, is it the biggest fruit? I don't know the biggest fruit, but maybe one of the biggest fruit is, is a cluster of grapes. They can be enormous. I saw a picture once, of, like in Israel, some man brought to like a fruit show or whatever it is, a cluster of grapes, it literally, I'm, I'm not exaggerating, it was like four feet tall, probably. Like this big. <laughs> Regular size grapes. Yeah. It used to be on the money, like there was the image of... That's, no, so yes, I mean, people think that when the when Chazal say that the Moraglim carried the cluster of grapes like on a pole but that's like some sort of a I'm telling you, you Google it bigger, biggest cluster of grapes and you have to remember something nowadays all of our our whole world has been so diminished and so not what it used to be especially after the destruction of the base of Migdish right that uh, okay, it's a much bigger discussion we spoke about it at the Yarche Kala last year we had a whole thing about wine we learned about wine how wine used to be so different just to give you an idea, back then you would squeeze a grape and it would come out blood red juice. Now you squeeze a grape, you know what comes out? White. Yeah, clear. You know how they make it red? They have to, they have to soak it in the skins for, forget, I think maybe a week. And they write, we have in writings from like French vineyards from like 500 years ago that if it took them like a day of soaking the grape juice in the skins to make it turn red, it was considered a bad season. 
if it took that long. And now it takes a week. Why is it different? Why? Why is it changed? The soil. The soil Either that that would be a one explanation. Perhaps there would be other explanations, but whatever but but the point is that you have this all these little berries that are not worth much by itself, but you bring them all together, you connect them all. Right? You bring in climate control now at the end of this year? Oh man. No. <laughs> okay, yeah. <I> to... <laughs> okay. Now the cluster notice something very important. Very important. Don't pack up yet. Cluster has to have shoulders. So Mefurish Mishnah uh, talks about which grape clusters you get to keep for yourself from your vineyard and which ones you have to leave for the poor people. So if it doesn't have a proper cluster shape, you can't take it. You leave it for the poor. Okay? So cluster shape is that it has to have shoulders, which means it goes on both sides wide and then comes together like a cone towards the bottom. Okay, means taking from this side, you take it from that side, you bring it together, and you bring it down. That's this cone shape is so instrumental to the cluster. That's what defines an eshkol to the point that you eshkolos you keep for yourself the balbais. It's not a form of eshkol. You can't take it. It's for the anim. It's like individual berries. It's gar even though it could be really long. Let's say right, hundred berries on there. It's considered as if it's just single, just single berries. You need to bring it together, the right, the left, together, and bring it down to a point, which is of course going to be das, which is what we're talking about, tiferes, whatever. Uh, we'll talk about it more, but Hashem next week. That's uh, that's uh, we see that that we only got to cover how the grape grows. We still need to discuss. Um, how it's produced, how it's consumed, and how it's digested. That's Hashem. And then we'll try to tie it into Purim.